I got to tell you, this series has been uh, real challenging and real exciting at the same time. I don't know about you, but um, we have been studying the, the idea, the person, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and what Jesus and, and the Apostle Paul have told us. And uh, it has opened my eyes, opened my mind to a lot of different ideas and concepts. Um, about the Holy Spirit, I have become more uh, aware of the Holy Spirit and what he desires to do in my life, and I hope that you have too. And so here we are, part six. So if, if this is your first time with us, or maybe you're just coming back a little bit, I would encourage you to jump to our podcast and on Apple iTunes or Google Play and just listen so you catch up with what we've been talking about over the last several weeks. So this is part six. So you're kind of coming in like toward the end of the movie. So um, uh, hopefully that today God will speak to us. Uh, something I came across this week that was really challenging and really made me think a lot was uh, regarding Jeffrey Katzenberg. I don't know if you know who he is. Um, he, was, uh, he is a director, producer, and he once asked a question, and you know whether you like him or not doesn't really matter. Whether you like the movies he's produced and directed doesn't really matter. It's the question that grabbed my attention um, that made me think. He asked this question, what does God's voice sound like? What does God's voice sound like? In the late 90s, if you don't know, there was a film that was produced by DreamWorks called The Prince of Egypt. You may be familiar with this movie. Um, it was developed by DreamWorks Studio, and the film tells a story of the life of Moses, the iconic leader figure um, throughout the nation, the history of Israel. Uh, it's interesting. It took one million individual drawings from 350 artists from 34 different nations to make this 88-minute animated film. It's amazing. Uh, the film went on to gross $218 million worldwide in theaters. In production, though, there was a question that was asked. Um, it was really a concern. It was a theological concern of all things, a theological accuracy question. Jeffrey Katzenberg decided to call in over 200 Bible scholars and religious leaders from Christian, Jewish, and Muslim faiths to their studios in Hollywood to offer their opinions on how the story was being told in the film and, and to help the film become more accurate to the original. And in this conference room, Jeffrey Katzenberg described the, to this large religious group the team's most difficult task of the entire film. He said that we've had a hard time knowing how to depict the voice of God in the burning bush scene. Isn't that interesting? I think a lot of people, besides Hollywood film producers, ask the same question. What does God's voice sound like? Maybe you've asked that question. I mean, maybe this would stir up um, debate on, you know, how God speaks or if he speaks at all. Many struggle with the idea of God speaking to us. But the Bible is full of stories where God is speaking to people. I mean, God spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden as he walked with them. God spoke to Abraham and he obeyed. God spoke to Moses from the bush. God spoke to King Nebuchadnezzar in a dream. God spoke to Jonah, rather, and he ran away. God spoke to little Samuel. And what did little Samuel say? He said, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Just like the song we just sang. Throughout the Old Testament, it's filled with stories, accounts of God speaking to people. And then in the opening words of the New Testament of the book of Hebrews, we read this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets many times and in many different ways. 
But now in these days, God has spoken to us through his son. So as never before, God is now speaking through Jesus. That's what this scripture says in Hebrews. God is revealing his character, his, his glory through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. But then in John 18, I'm sorry, John 16, a passage that, that we've been looking at, Jesus tells his followers, his closest, that he's leaving. And so you can't help but ask the question, well, how is God going to speak to us if Jesus leaves? Jesus tells us, right in John 16, verse 13, take a look. When the Spirit comes, he will lead you into all truth. He will not speak his own words, but he will speak only what he hears. So I don't want you to miss something here. There's three words that I've highlighted on the screen. And I'd love for you to pull out that outline that you have in your brochure. And I would love for you to circle those words. It's the, the three words, he will speak. The Holy Spirit speaks. And so get this down in your outline. We can hear what Jesus is saying through the Holy Spirit. We can hear what Jesus is saying through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't here to um, give us goosebumps. The Holy Spirit isn't here to help us experience an, a, a wow worship experience. The Holy Spirit isn't here just to energize our church services. No, the Holy Spirit is here to be Jesus' voice to us. The Holy Spirit is here to speak the words of Jesus into our lives. Jesus says in verse 14, the Spirit will take what I have to say and tell it to you. Wow. So you got to ask the question, if Jesus is setting this up, he's saying that I'm going to be leaving, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And at one point he says in John 16, it's better that I go away because I'm, the Holy Spirit can come then. So I'm sending the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, what he's going to do is he's going to speak my words to you. And so you have to ask the question, well, why is this so important? Why is it important for us to hear what Jesus is saying? I think Jesus tells us and really shows us through a story that he told about the shepherd and his sheep. Take a look at John 10. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Read these next parts with me. I know my sheep and they know me. I know my sheep and they know me. Now, I want you to think about sheep for just a minute. You, you know, we're not agriculture people necessarily, so this is a little bit foreign to us. But it's interesting. Sheep are interesting creatures. They are prone to wandering they blindly go into dangerous areas. Sheep have even been known to walk through open flames of a fire, which think about that for a minute if you have a big coat of wool on. Anyway, let's not go there. Okay, lamb chops. Anyway, let's just talk about that for a minute. Sheep will, will ignore food. I mean, it can be right next to them and they will ignore it. Um, sheep are quite helpless. Uh, if a sheep accidentally rolls over on its back, did you know that it will be stuck there with its feet in the air and cannot roll back over on its own? It has to have help. Did you know that sheep are defenseless? There is no defense mechanism on a sheep. They have no way of protecting themselves. So sheep need someone who will lead them, protect them, and care for them. They need a shepherd. And Jesus says in verse 2, the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him. 
He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He walks ahead of them, and notice this part right here, and they follow him because they know his voice. Hmm. Now, what's interesting is Jesus is referring to a cultural thing that uh, was in his day. Shepherds would be out in pastures, and they would have their flocks with them, their own individual flocks. And when they'd come into town, they'd come into town for supplies or food or whatever, maybe something to eat. And, and so they would come into town. Well, what do you do with your sheep? If you've got to go into a, a place, a, you know, a, a business, what do you do with your sheep? Well, they would set up sheep pens just outside of towns, and they would have one person as the gatekeeper. And this would be a big enough area where several flocks of sheep could be put into the same pen. So all these sheep would be intermingled with each other, even though they were different flocks and had different shepherds, they would all intermingle. And the shepherds would go into town and they'd do their business. And then when they would come back out of town, they went to gather their sheep and they would step into the pen. The gatekeeper, like Jesus said, would let the shepherd into the pen. And guess what? The shepherd would begin calling his sheep. And every shepherd had a certain call. And he would begin to call his sheep and Lo and behold, as he began to walk out of the sheep pen, his sheep, only his sheep, would follow him. I got a little video I want you to take a look at. It kind of shows this. Take a look. Isn't that amazing? What was the scripture again? They follow him because they know his voice. Come on, say it with me. They follow him because they know his voice. Turn to the person next to you and tell them. I want you to get this in your head. They follow him because they know his voice. That's exactly what Jesus says. They follow him because they know his voice. Here's what I've figured out. You need to get this on your outline. I can't follow Jesus unless I can hear him. Let me say that one again. I can't follow Jesus unless I can hear him. I have to hear what Jesus is saying in order for me to follow him. And I struggle to follow Jesus if I can't hear what Jesus is saying. I can't follow him unless I hear him. And I'm convinced this is why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit seeks to make Jesus' voice louder than any other in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I got a lot of loud voices speaking in my life, and I bet you do too. And the Holy Spirit comes along, and he tries to amplify Jesus' voice so that it is louder than any other voice in my life. For most of us, this is a big task because we have a lot of loud voices in our lives. 
Voices from relationships, voices from our schedules, from our jobs, from our habits, from our fears, our insecurities, our expectations, our stress, our worries, our busyness, our debt, our criticism, people's criticism, people's negative comments, hurts, disappointments, on and on the list goes of the voices that continue to speak into our lives and they are loud. They are never silent. They are constantly yelling at us all the time. And you and I can go deaf because of the volume of the voices in our lives if we're not careful. It's quite interesting. By definition, white noise is a sound that is produced by combining together all the different frequencies of sound that humans can hear. And and so basically, because it contains every frequency, it's difficult to hear any frequency. And so white noise drowns out everything else. Hmm. It's kind of what happens in our life when the voices are too loud. When those voices that keep playing in our heads from all of these different things in our lives are too loud, it has a tendency, they have a tendency to drown out. When our lives get too loud with noise filling every frequency, we lose our sense of being. We, we lose who we are. We lose our sense of balance. We, 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 you know, how life is supposed to, to, to feel and, and supposed to go. Here's what I think. Our lives are too loud Our lives are too busy. Our lives are too full. Our lives are too hectic. And when those voices in our head are louder than the voice of Jesus, we have a problem. We miss out on what Jesus says to us. And if we miss out on what the shepherd is saying to us, we don't know what to do. And we don't know where to go. And we become lost. So the Holy Spirit seeks to make Jesus' voice louder than any other voice. Jesus says, the Spirit will take what I have to say and tell it to you. This week, Holy Spirit's been talking to me about hearing Jesus more in my life. And he was using a narrative that many of you probably know. I know this really well. I've taught on it many times. But he used a story that, about a guy who needed to hear God. And, and as I read the story, as I began to think about it and, and just kind of let the ideas and the words kind of roll around in my head, I felt like the Holy Spirit started talking to me about me, not just about this guy. This guy was disillusioned at how things had turned out. He was completely discouraged. He was borderline depression. Um, He had told God, this guy had literally told God, I've had enough, I'm done. Ever felt that way before? Depending on, you know, the, the situation, the relationship, or with your job, or with finances, or your health, or whatever, with your family, it just, you come to this point where you're just like, I'm done. I've had enough. I'm done. Maybe you're there now. Maybe you need to hear what I heard this week as the Holy Spirit spoke. 
See, Elijah had traveled over 200 miles by foot, and he was now hiding out in a cave. And he felt overwhelmed. He felt exhausted. He felt worn out, burned out, stressed out, whatever out you want to put on him, that's the way he felt. And look at what God says to him. In 1 Kings 19, the Lord says to Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? And so Elijah tells him, I have zealously served the Lord God. He's saying, I I have served you like nobody else. I've always done what you have told me to do. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. And I am the only one left. I am the only one who cares. I am, God, the only one who gives a rip about this. That's what he's telling God. And now they're trying to kill me. Elijah was ready to quit. He was done. And what does God tell him to do? Look at the verse. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. So get this in your head. Elijah's in a cave. God comes into the cave. We don't know what Elijah's doing, but he's probably in this dark cave, just kind of in the fetal position, just done. Maybe you've been in that, that position before. Maybe, maybe not physically, but mentally, you're just done. Emotionally, you're just done. And God comes into this cave, and he says, what are you doing here? And he goes, let me tell you what I'm doing here, God. And he just vents to God. And God goes, okay, listen. I want you to go out of the cave and stand at the entrance. I want you to be out on the mountain because I want to I do something. I, wanna, I, I want you to leave where you are and go over there. Everybody get this? Don't miss this. This is real important. I had never saw this before. God calls Elijah to step out from the cave to a place where he can experience the full impact of God's presence. Sometimes we need to reposition ourselves to hear from God. If you're in a place right now where you you would say, I'm not hearing the shepherd's voice, I'm not hearing God speak to me, or maybe you're at a point where I'm burned out, I'm stressed out, I'm worn out, I'm done, I've had enough. Maybe you're at those kind of situations. Maybe you're at a point where you need to reposition yourself so you can hear God's voice. Have you ever lost self-service before? You're talking to somebody and your phone just starts like, everything starts getting choppy. And it's like, wait, wait, what, what were you saying? What do we begin to do when you have a cell phone? I mean, we begin to walk around, don't we? Have you ever seen people do this? Wait, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, it's not any better over here. Let me, okay, hold on. Hold, I can't understand what you're saying. What, what, say it again? What, what? And we go into all these different configurations, right? We even go outside of a building sometimes. I got a phone call once when, just recently when I was in Costco and I was in the back section in where the cheese is, you know, the freeze zone, right? And if you ever get a call there, the call will go through, but you can't hear the person. It's like they're, and I'm pushing the phone as hard as I can push it to my ear because I, I can't. And I'm telling them, I can't hear you. I can't. And I'm getting louder, right? They're not hearing me, but everybody else around the cheese is hearing me, right? That's what happens. We try to reposition ourselves so that we can find better reception. If you're not hearing from God, if you're not hearing the voice of Jesus, our shepherd, 
Maybe you need to reposition yourself so you can hear. Look what God says. Go out and stand before me on the mountain. And it says, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. I want you, I want you to circle two words on your outline. Would you for me? I want you to circle the words, stood there. Now, listen. If, if you're a, a, a version or translation freak like I am, okay? I love the version Bible because I, I'm like, okay, it, does it say it that way in the New Century Version? Does it say it that way in the New International? Does it say it that way in the ESV? I start looking. I, I even have a, a Bible hub, it's called. I have an app on my phone that I can go to the Greek and Hebrew, and I back up, and I'm looking. Okay, does it really say it in the original? Does it really say it that way? Listen to me. It says it that way all the way back in the Greek. It's, it's giving the indicator, hang on here, that Elijah did nothing. God is saying, go out there and stand. Leave where you are and go there. And Elijah responds with silence and not moving. He did nothing. I've missed this. All these years that I've taught this verse, I've missed this. I'm going to show you how later on it shows us that he didn't move at this point. I, I, I think I'm, I'm reminded here of what James says about Elijah. I mean, look at what the writer James says. James says, Elijah was as human as we are. <laughs> Don't you love that? I'm, I'm so glad that, that these Old Testament prophets were human like me. And that he was struggling sometimes like I struggle. And Elijah, big prophet Elijah, who just had this major showdown on the top of Mount Carmel with all the false prophets and all the stuff that he called down fire from heaven and now he's curled up in the fetal position in a cave and God says, get up and go over there. And Elijah goes, no, I don't want to. I want to stay right here. I mean, he didn't say that, but that's what he was doing, right? Actions speak louder than words. I'm not moving. Make me, God. I'm done. I'm finished. I've had enough. Make me move. You know what God says to us when we go there? Okay. You want me to make you? Okay. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. Think about this. You're inside a cave and the rocks are falling off. What would you start thinking about? Probably shouldn't be inside this cave. Right? He hasn't moved yet. After the wind... There was a what? An earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. How would you like to be inside a cave when an earthquake hits? At that point, I'm not in the fetal position anymore unless I want to die. I'm not in the fetal position anymore. I am going to the entrance. And as I make my way to the entrance, possibly, look at what happens after the earthquake. There was a fire. And now you're feeling the heat of God. We 
felt heat all this week, right? We kind of know what that's like. But God was not in the fire. Why do you think all of these displays of power and supernatural fireworks were taking place? It was to move Elijah from the cave to the presence of God. And it says, verse 12, that after the fire there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Did you know that in hearing you sense vibrations with your eardrum that are caused by sound waves. So you're not really hearing my voice, you're hearing sound waves today. And the intensity of those waves is measured by decibels. In fact, we measure that right here in this room to make sure that we're at a certain level, a certain decibel level. Low-level sound is almost imperceptible. But high levels of sound can't be ignored, right? Right? And we all know that. I mean, if sound exceeds 110 decibels, we experience a change in blood pressure. At 141 decibels, we can become nauseous, nauseated. At 145 decibels, our vision blurs because our eyeballs vibrate. Think about that one. At 195 decibels, Our eardrums are in danger of rupturing, and death by sound waves can happen at 202 decibels. So here's some common sounds that we might hear. We've been hearing this a lot on Mount Aliphant lately. Jackhammer is 130 decibels. That's why they wear ear protection when they're using them. A fire truck siren. Have you ever heard a fire truck come through your neighborhood or the street? It's 120, around 120 decibels. If you had to stand there next to it as the siren was going for any length of time, you probably would lose your hearing, at least temporarily. A lawnmower is 100 decibels. An alarm clock is 80 decibels, unless you hit the snooze, and then it's another 80 after that. And then, you know, anyway, you get the idea. Blow dryers, 75 decibels. We have a 75-decibel piece of equipment that was right near our ears that we're blowing our hair with. Think about that for a minute. And we're saying, I can't hear you, honey. What are you saying? Yeah, of course you can't because you got 75 decibels that's blowing through your head, right? Vacuum cleaner, 70 decibels. That's why my dogs go crazy with vacuum. Normal conversation, 60 decibels. Birds whistling. I don't know if you, here in Claremont, we have... We have some interesting birds. We have these night birds that whistle at night. Have you heard them? It's beautiful. The the sun just as went down, and you start hearing these birds whistle. And and you get all this noise, you know, and and I love it. I I take take my little dog Brody, and I go to the screen door, and I hold him up, and I go, Brody, Brody, do you hear the birds? Do you hear the birdies? And we just hear them in the background. 40 decibels. A whisper. Measures 20 decibels. Hmm. There was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak. You know why? Elijah knew this was God because he knew God's voice. He knew. 
Mark Batterson says that God has an outside voice and he's not afraid to use it, but when God wants to be heard, he often speaks with a whisper. So God got Elijah's attention. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Do you see that? He wasn't there before. God said, get up and go so I can talk to you. And Elijah said, no, make me. And God said, okay, I'll make you. Now, he's at the entrance of the cave. The gentle voice of God moved Elijah toward him. When someone whispers, you have to get very close to hear them. You you might even have to put your ear close to their mouth to hear them. Friends, this is why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. This is exactly the reason he sent the Holy Spirit to help me hear, to help you hear what he's saying to us. Jesus says, the Spirit will take what I have to say and tell it to you. Some of us today, we need to be repositioned to hear Jesus. Some of us, we're not doing what Jesus is asking us to do. Both of these are reasons why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Get this down. The Holy Spirit can help me hear and do what Jesus is saying. Say it with me. The Holy Spirit can help me hear and do what Jesus is saying. Would you bow your heads with me? For just a moment, the quietness, no one looking around, no one moving, please stay seated right where you are. I just want to give you a chance. In our busy lives, in our hectic lives, going 100 miles an hour all the time. Listen to God speak. Because he's speaking to you. He's speaking to me. And the Holy Spirit is trying to help us. He's trying to help us hear what Jesus is saying. And so no one looking around. Every eye closed, please. Maybe you'd say today, Bart, I'm having a hard time hearing it.